0: On the show today, Fusro Da number nine. We built this city without dice rolls and 50 ways to launch a boulder in three, two, one. You know what I'm really hoping we eventually do is we get, like, a metal cover for the opening theme song.
1: With something like
0: tin. Yeah. I just, I I want something head bouncy at some point. Something that we could go out to clubs. Well, we don't go to clubs anymore. or ever. Speak for yourself. Sorry. Speaking for myself, oh, oh yeah, hi everybody, welcome to Total Pebble Knockdown. And, uh, we, I am Nathan. We, I am Alex. Yep. That, that works for us. Uh, <laughs> we are therefore both Nathan and Alex and welcome to the show. Alright, first up on our discussions uh, we have Weekly Muse. And uh, so as you might be aware, Alex, we recently saw yet another version of Skyrim drop. This time it is the Anniversary Edition, celebrating 10 years of Skyrim. Oh my goodness, it's been 10 years.
1: 10 years of Skyrim is um, nine years of new releases of Skyrim.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Do you remember the original version when it came out? I,
1: I still have the original version. Yep, me too. On Steam. I think we talked about this briefly before. Is The version of Skyrim I have is not sold on Steam, Steam anymore. I even looked on the page, and it's like, the publisher has taken this one off, so I can go to the store page Mm -hmm. for it, and it's like, yeah, this is unlisted.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But that
1: one is still, like, a $20 copy of Skyrim, and I was looking, because I was like, can I buy any DLC for this one still? I cannot. Yeah, no. I have Hearthfire, and I think that's it. Okay.
0: Real? Okay, so yeah, I, I tried Hearthfire a little bit. Hearthfire
1: just gives you the house.
0: When I had the original for the PS3, is the version that I had gotten. Uh, the only DLC that I had bought. Well, I guess I got Hearthstone at some point. But it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that thing. Hearthfire. Hearthfire, yeah. I'm thinking of a different thing entirely.
1: They're thinking a different game. Yeah,
0: Hearthstone. <laughs> um, but uh, Dragonborn. Yes. ...was the, was the DLC, because I didn't really have any care for Dawnguard. I didn't really care about the vampire storyline. But um, when I got the special edition, I got to play it, and I realized, yeah, I probably made the right call. Do <laughs> Dragonborns the better of the two anyway. Yeah. You get to go to Morrowind. Let's face it, that's worthwhile. Right. Um, but anyway, so, okay, you had the original version on PC... I, had been... I have
1: been playing it recently. Oh, really? I was like, I'm bored. Let's what can I play? And I'm like, you know, I have like 80 mods in Skyrim. Let's play Skyrim. Yeah. There's a ton I haven't seen
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I have um, a perk overhaul, so all the perks on the trees are different than they were originally in vanilla. Oh, okay. like vastly different. It, it makes the entire game experience different, uh, a lot different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, like 300 more spells than the base game has. Oh. And That's not even including if I wanted to get, say, quest overhauls and new content for different like wor- uh, parts of the world, dungeons, etc.
0: Right. Okay. So. Yeah. Um. I did not get to play with mods for the PS3 version because they didn't have that, but they do have it for the special edition that I have on the Xbox One. So I did get to play with some of that special edition does look a lot better than the original. I will give him that.
1: You know, what's great about that, though, mm. is the modding community has made 4K and 2K rec- uh, resolution mods mm. to upscale and to just basically make it so the game looks nicer. Right. And most of the mods that I've downloaded are to make the game look nicer
0: yeah exactly and
1: just perform better
0: right that was similar to fallout 4 too uh, like a lot i did that for mod. that too yeah yeah um did you try the clear skies mod Or for the... fallout 4 yeah 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 or the four no 4 i
1: think i had 4. vivid i think i had vivid weathers
0: oh okay yep
1: um That's but for but for skyrim i uh just went down i have 2k textures because 4k is a little unnecessary.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and then I have stuff to make all the the skies look nicer and all the everything else look nicer. I have one that did the static meshes for all the clutter and everything to look, make that look nicer. Oh yeah. Um, so it looks all way nicer than vanilla Skyrim.
0: Yeah. Also one of the other ones I would recommend if you are doing any kind of modding is there's a there's a cleanup mod that just yeah. eliminates a lot of the brush and everything underneath and it just Man, that just increases the performance without giving with, with, without losing any of the actual gameplay. Yeah. Just a whole bunch of clutter you didn't need there. And it but runs, anyways, runs our
1: discussion wasn't going to be a mo- about mods per se, oh. but mods are great in
0: Skyrim. Right, and it feels like Anniversary is kind of capitalizing on that yet again. Uh, with a few you know a- extra pieces and a lot of stuff that's kind of based on the creation club stuff the yeah. you know the most popular stuff fishing is actually one of the big ones that came with it really yep there's fishing Interesting. you can have a fishing lore there's a whole quest that apparently goes along with that so they that can get dish catch different fish um, they also were offering when it came out a couple free pieces of Creation Club stuff that I picked up, which was, ironically, horse armor. Uh, so, I was like, eh, I might as well get it while I'm here. But I will say that the sad the sad thing is uh, is that if you do have Special Edition, uh, Anniversary is still gonna cost you, they made it an upgrade price, so it's like 20 bucks so that you can upgrade yeah. to the Anniversary so that you can get what is essentially based off of, like, modding stuff that they put into the Anniversary. Aren't they charging...
1: Premium price for this edition? Aren't they charging full to like 50 sixty dollar price
0: tag for it? I'm sure if you're buying it fresh, the it, the anniversary upgrade is twenty dollars.
1: No, no, no. I mean the whole. If you if I wanted to buy oh the that... Skyrim anniversary edition, I think it's like sixty bucks.
0: I, it wouldn't surprise me if it were. Uh, it w- I would have to be at, like, s- at least 50 or 60. What is it? Skyrim right now, or at least the special edition, I think is, like, 30 or 40, if it's done on Sony. Yeah, and you can get so, Skyrim
1: VR, too, as a different edition.
0: Yeah, you can get that as a different uh, edition. That's,
1: that's kind of the talk we wanted to have today, is yeah. kind of... Let's... We've been tangential, but...
0: Yes, but we have to get... Uh, we've been dancing around this because, well, let's face it, uh, unnecessarily long conversations seem to go very well for a Skyrim discussion. <laughs> uh, Listen, one...
1: there are there are YouTubers who have made entire careers out of doing lore videos on everything in Skyrim. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty to go on. And, and top, like, seven lists in Skyrim. Oh yeah, and I, I used to watch some of them, and then I'm like, "This is really boring." Right? Like, like I love Skyrim, but like, do I really need to watch 17 videos in a row on seven little facts you didn't know about the Dwemer?
0: Oh yeah. I was well, like, no, I do not. <laughs> if if you really wanted to, and you just wanted to make a video discussing the actual lore of each location in Skyrim, you will never run out of content. That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, long meandering like side quests like this seem to make sense for Skyrim because they have a lot of those. But yeah, we were uh, discussing how many actual versions of Skyrim there are. Now, here's the thing. It kind of depends on how you classify the additions. Like, for instance, I happened to see a post that was from Reddit from four whole years ago that claimed that there were 11 versions of Skyrim at that time. Now, the reason why the user said that, though, this is how they're calculating it. Tw- okay. 2011, Bethesda releases three versions for the PC, the PS3, oh, that and count. the Xbox 360. Yeah, you, that doesn't count. You see you where we're ca- going here.
1: They, they're, they're the same version of this game there on different you go. platforms.
0: This, this is why I say we have to be careful about how we're counting. The only difference there
1: is I would count the Switch version differently. But, yeah. only because Nintendo went, <laughs> dudes, no, you can't release that game unless you
0: clean it up and actually patch it. And also put a Link suit in there, if you get the yeah, Amiibo. Yes, I, I guess that too. <laughs>
1: but, Um But, but, but yeah, they, they had to make concessions to sell it on the Switch. They had to actually patch the game. Mm-hmm. So I would consider that a different version of Skyrim
0: most people Personally. would agree with you. Um, yeah. the the 2013 obviously now they're saying three different versions for the legendary edition and then three more for the special and then the Nintendo Switch and the VR. Remember this is 4 years ago so there's been more since. But yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the pushback that has that that was on that was exactly like you're saying. It's like yeah. I don't think you can realistically say that those are different versions no the only thing between pc
1: and then the console is that the upgrades and the patches that are out on console take longer because it's a different process than steam to push a patch through on console you have to go through the hoops that either sony or microsoft to make you go through to mm-hmm. make sure it's verified decent content and it, well all this all i've right. gone through this discussion with the guy that works on martyr it's like yeah no, to do this, it's a bunch of things that you have to do. And if it does, if it fails that check, then you have to go through the whole process again. Yep. Which is why it takes more time to go through and patch on console. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So PC, you can just be like, here's a patch. Go for it.
0: So basically what we end up with is uh, somebody who says, well, there's like 11 because each one is different. But we're probably not going to count it that way. The best list that I can get together that we can work off of is from The Gamer, and it was actually just updated a few days ago as of this recording, so we have a pretty pretty new version. Okay. Uh, They have ten versions listed here.
1: Oh, that's only one less than the one four years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, somehow we have less now, but because, again, we're counting differently. So... I'm going to go through that list uh, in the ranking that they have it from worst to best. Oh. They do worst from best. Because... I want to... I would prefer chronological, but I guess whatever works, works. I know. I wish. But we kind of know what the chronology is. It's the originals, the legendaries, the specials, and the anniversary. But, uh, okay. So, the the worst... You probably know the answer. No. No, oh. no, uh, no. Skyrim very special edition for Amazon Alexa. <laughs> uh, why is that the worst? <laughs> why is the Alexa version of Skyrim the quote-unquote worst in their opinion? I, well, I've, well, they're, what they're saying is that while it is clearly a joke, this is a playable version of Skyrim anyone can use. Um, it's a fun gag. The fun does wear fast, however, making this game a novelty rather than an actual RPG to enjoy.
1: Well, yeah, it's a gag,
0: but it's a really well-done gag. Yeah, it is. I, okay, true. I think what they're figuring, though, is that the actual gaming experience is very limited for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to program a whole text-to-speech
0: game. Unless. No, I mean, in, in, in unless, of course, let's face it, there was money in it, at which point. But it was free, so yeah. there's no money in it. Exactly, so they weren't going um, to
1: do that. I did share in the Discord a Jack uh,
0: Jacksepticeye playing it. Yes. And that was hilarious. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't plan on doing it because I don't have Alexa anyway. Yeah, um, I don't
1: want any smart home devices. Okay, thanks.
0: No, 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 no. Ever since that one time where they said, are you going to like take over the world, and Alexa just laughs, <laughs> I was like, okay, well... Never mind. <laughs> I'm so Now, here's the interesting thing. So here in number nine is Skyrim for the PlayStation. Is the top ten? This is the top ten. Oh, good.
1: The thumbnail is going to be a top ten with Skyrim.
0: Yeah. Skyrim...
1: With, cir- re- with red circles.
0: Yeah, we're going to have red circles. Conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, great. The, 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 the top hottest spots in Skyrim. Skyrim PlayStation 3 and then the Skyrim Xbox 360 at number 8. So they are That'd actually counting them diff- differently. But, mm-hmm. Oh, what What was 9? Nine? 9 was the PlayStation 3 version, and uh, 8 was uh, the Xbox 360 version.
1: Why are they counting them differently?
0: Okay, so uh, PlayStation 3, I kind of remember this. A uh, notorious issue that was common was save corruption that would occur if your save file exceeded six megabytes of space.
1: Yeah, poor six megabytes of space,
0: damn. Pour one out. Um, DLC was delayed for months, way past its debut. Um, Again,
1: we just went over reasons why console yeah. DLC
0: and patches are delayed. Mm-hmm. PS3 players absolutely got the short end of the stick for ports. Uh, 360 version uh, did have the inclusion of Kinect commands for people who used to use that. Oh,
1: for the people that wanted the voice-activated shouts. Yeah, exactly. There are mods for that on PC.
0: Hey, you know, Kinect was a thing for a hot second. It
1: was. It was. It was a thing that people allegedly used. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I to, never used it. To very light effect. The only thing that's weird though is that if you ever do get games that were obviously made for Connect,
1: No one does that.
0: Well side note uh, I might have played one or two games that I can tell now were very much made for the Connect. if you've never played Disneyland Adventures I've never all, all, so many people played Disneyland Adventures are you kidding me Any- wow Anyway, there's whole mini games that you can tell were absolutely not made to be played anyway. But with the Kinect, there's the whole thing about like, yeah, pose for the camera and we'll take a picture. And it's like there's no inputs to actually do that. You would have to have a Kinect in front of you so that you could make a pose in order to make your character do stuff. There's no, there's very Sorry, limited then. functionality. Okay, so in the seventh spot, as we count up is uh, Skyrim Special Edition, the PlayStation 4 version, and then uh, the Xbox One version is after that. At six. At at six, yeah. PlayStation really is not doing very well in these rankings over the Xbox. Uh, The largest iterations of these versions uh, were the inclusion of mod support and the creation club. One problem on the PlayStation 4 Uh, Custom-made content was not allowed on the PlayStation 4 version due to concerns Sony had with console security and safety. Because of this, only an infinitesimally small number of mods are available on this platform, seriously limiting the potential fun players could have with this version. Uh, I mean, the
1: game is still fun itself, even without the mods, but I mean, I guess it limits the immensity of that Skyrim modding community that is there.
0: Yeah, exactly. They did not have quite that problem on the Xbox One. Those on PC would be used to this already, thanks to emds and visual mods. Um, but it's awesome that the um, the ability modern consoles, the visual improvements uh, for the outdoor environments that was all just like in package, and you could get it running at 1080 at uh, 30 frames per second, which is not outstanding but it's 1080 perfect. at
1: 30 nice yeah good job it's better than we had we're past- doing 2k at 60 so it's fine
0: yeah we're fine we're good everything's fine this now fine. now you can do 4k with no problem if you have a beefy enough computer which i don't want to do 4k that's no. unnecessary a lot of i memory. can support 4k it yeah <laughs> takes up a lot of ram uh speaking of which though we're getting to the pc releases number five on our list. Which is the PC, the original PC version from twenty? <laughs> PC is five. Yeah, I know. It's after. It's after the <laughs> the special editions. Um, so, uh, ev- out of every vanilla port, PC is the best. There is no debate. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that's what they, they basically say. Um, I don't know if their PC uh, stands or not, but we call them pc master race yeah it's pc master race right i mean that
1: technically would be a stand,
0: but i mean the the thing that i will say about pc is that you can get a much more high performance machine than what the consoles are going to offer because they have to be at a certain price point and they have to have certain hardware configurations um pcs you can build it out just as much as you want so you got the money go for it exactly um, uh, then we have, oh, hey, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> at four, Skyrim Special Edition, the Nintendo Switch version. Ah, there now, you go. Now we finally get Link. Hey, it got, the Switch is ahead of the other one, so Yeah, the Switch is ahead of it. So why is the Switch at four? Okay, so, uh, it has a unique advantage of both being a portable device and the home console to game on. True. That's fair. Uh, advantages are used to the fullest pretension in, in Switch's port of the Special Edition. Uh, it's easy to switch from the dock to the portable. Um, it can even support mods and motion controls. Oh, the motion controls, of course. Few negatives, such as aforementioned text and compressed audio, yeah, that sucks. And- are, are insignificant to just how much it is fun to play on the Switch device. So, portability. It's mostly the the same thing people like about being able to play the new Pokemon on the Switch and stuff. You, you have it in the, the handheld, if you want sure. it to be, or the Zelda. To be fair,
1: if they didn't make a Pokemon that wasn't handheld, I don't think it would do as well.
0: No. In fact, the thing about uh, Sword and Shield that everyone was excited about was the fact that I could finally play a Pokemon game on a console. Because it yeah. was so long. It, we'd never had it in 20 years. And then it was, um, meh. So, so, good, good for you. Thanks for putting, yeah, just for the record, thanks, Game Freak, for putting your B team on the Pokemon game and having your A team work on your side project. That is. a side project? Who, who freaking cares? <laughs> Little Town Heroes. That's right, I remember the name of it. It was small town. Ta- I don't know what that is. Little Town Heroes, Small Town. Yeah, and don't worry about it. Po- oh okay. <laughs> the point is The point is they thought, you know what, why why should we invest resources and manpower into building the Pokemon game? It's just the largest franchise in the world. We shouldn't put effort into it. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't do that. Anyway, we're just gonna make the money anyway. People will buy it. Um, number three is the Skyrim Anniversary Edition. They are now lumping in the Series X and the PlayStation 5. Now, that's the new one, right? That's the new one. The one that just came out. So, three. Congratulations, new release. You're not at the The bottom. The new
1: anniversary 10-year edition of Skyrim is only number three on this top ten list of Skyrim releases. There you go. And the funny thing is, I I will not buy it because then I'll have to go and download all so i have 56 active mods on fallout 4 and 47 active mods on skyrim uh so so yeah that's how much i mod my skyrim
0: what the gamer was saying here is uh, to celebrate 10th anniversary bethesda was le- released a dlc of sorts that includes all creation club content released up to november 2021 players who already own special edition received a free update that included yes four creation club mods one of them was the fishing um and owners on pc could also purchase content for uh, of the anniversary pack for 20 dollars um it did not remaster any content it is definitely a creation club dlc bundle and it is technically they're saying it is technically special edition port for the new consoles is the way they're phrasing?
1: It. Well, they're charging full price for nothing being remastered. Here's some Creation Club content.
0: Right. As for the added content, quality is mixed. Uh, their opinion, not mine. Although it's probably also mine. Most agree that the alternate, uh, alternate armor and weapon packs fit right into vanilla, uh, the vanilla offerings. But the quest mods all lack voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> Great! This can make new additions jarring to play through, even if the rest of the creation matches Skyrim's quality. You know what I love about that? There are full mods with additional characters, NPCs, like that are all voice mo- acted. They all they got voice acting. The, the The mod community has all of those voiced by people. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, for some reason, Bethesda. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um number two though, Alex. VR. Where it's I mean VR. to be
1: fair, one of my one of my uh, guys that he used to work with in Rochester had Skyrim on VR. I think he actually has four different versions of Skyrim. Oh jeez. <laughs> because he's got it on his PS3. Mm-hmm. He's got it on his Switch, he's got VR, and I think he's got it on the PS four or five now. Really? Oh, okay, so uh, he's got at least four versions of Skyrim, and he's played it in VR, and he's like, it's actually really fun.
0: It's based on motion rather than button inputs.
1: Yeah, you anything? can use the VR controls.
0: Oh well, that is fun. Yeah, I mean, I, the v, the VR still sounds interesting. At some point, I'd like to try it. I was just. Yeah, get a,
1: your computer can support it, Nathan.
0: Yeah, it has. A, actually, my the motherboard that I specifically got was built so that it can support VR. Nice. So. So uh, you need to get VR, and we need to harass you. yeah, no, that's great. I just don't want to pay a thousand bucks for an Oculus. <laughs> no. Uh, you can wait. Yeah, I can wait for that. Um... But no, besides that, I, th- I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, some like, you see Half Life Alex and those, and it's like, yeah, no, I'd probably want to play that. That looks interesting.
1: Um, Boneworks looks really cool in VR, too. And then Sword oh, yeah. and Sorcerer, I think it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of those ones are really cool,
0: okay. There's a few other ones that they've been talking about eventually doing in VR, and um, yeah, no, I-, I can definitely see the potential of that. What's that one that uh, Obsidian is working on that that's supposed to be their like Elder Scrolls killer? Um, I don't remember the name, uh, Forsaken or something uh, like that. Yeah. But oh, anyway, yeah. anyway, they're making a uh, one that is you could tell it's like trying to be their take on like Elder Scrolls to do like a giant fantasy game, uh, but it's Obsidian making it uh, for Microsoft, and um, that would be really neat in in VR. Well, or, or Grounded. No, I don't want Grounded in VR. That's going to terrify me. Um, <laughs> it's terrifying enough without it. And then, You don't want Giant Bugs in VR? I don't want the... I, look, there was you a... Wolf, get eater get in VR. Oh my god. And then you could just be in the, the shark and just... Meow, 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 meow. No, the one that I don't want in VR is Stranded Deep. I thought you were going to say Subnautica. Subnautica would be interesting, actually, in VR. There really are Anyways. sharks, but anyway, number one. Number num- one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do the, the watch mojo. Number one. I thought you were going to do chills. Oh, chill. Number one. <laughs> Upon the part is Skyrim Special Edition for the PC. Released in October 28th, 2016. Many PC fans were skeptical of this remaster of Skyrim.
1: (laughs) If you talked like this the whole episode, I'd quit the whole podcast. It would
0: be a complete cash grab selling users an unrefined version of what was already possible on PC thanks to the passionate modding community.
1: I don't know anything you're just
0: saying because I could not stand listening to you (laughs) Oh, good. My secrets are <laughs> safe now. Now, this is something I was not aware of. Bethesda did the noble thing. They say, fortunately, Bethesda did the noble thing. Gave Skyrim Special Edition out for free to anyone who had both the base game and all its DLCs. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I saw movie. that. I don't think I qualify against I have all the DLCs. You don't have all the DLCs. I don't really care. Yeah. I still have fun playing Skyrim. I have the original version, and I've got twenty thousand plus mods i can go through if i really need more content
0: i also like really doing that restoration um mod glitch the the restoration (laughs) potion glitch oh i mean
1: that's fine i don't really i don't really glitch my game out but with ordinator and the spell overhaul it's hmm. like don't care like i can get restoration spells that do damage like i can one of the
0: perks is like plague doctor right um, the reason why I did it was because, uh, being able to create your all-powerful character that basically is impossible to kill, which is what I did with Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson is a Khajiit. You can still get all of your achievements. Oh, there you go. Without the mods. <laughs> basically, what they're saying is that you'd be hard-pressed to find out a, uh, a better version of Skyrim than the Special Edition port for PC. But as many people have made very clear, uh, Bethesda will continue to sell you Skyrim just as many times as they possibly can. Yeah, pretty much. Do we ever get that version of Skyrim on the smart fridge? Uh, no, but don't tempt them. They will probably give it to you. There's also some other things that came out. One thing they didn't mention on here, but I did want to make it clear, is that there is also Skyrim... Represented in, like, Elder Scrolls Online, which is kind of a version of Skyrim, but it's happening Mm, in a completely different time.
1: I think think we don't need that. Skyrim, you're ten years old, and it's time to... Your time has
0: come. Your time has come. And there are also games that erupted out of just the mods themselves. I don't know if you're familiar with The Forgotten City. That was released as a full game just a little bit ago, but that was actually based on a mod that was made for uh, Skyrim, so.
1: Yeah, and there's a whole other yeah. one that's, that's multiple, multiple gigabytes of a whole new area and quests and storylines and I forget the name of it, but it is offered up on Steam oh, yeah. as its own thing, but you have to have Skyrim for it.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um, I forget the name of it. Yeah, Forgotten City was one that was actually completely a separate game. It's not built in Skyrim or anything like that. It's its its own separate game. But it's the team that built the mod Forgotten City for Skyrim that had like the time-shifting thing, like almost a time-loop mechanic. But they actually made a a whole game out of that, completely separate from, from Skyrim. When they come out with six... I'm wondering if out of the gate they're just planning on doing like a 10-year release schedule of just different versions, because this seemed to top. work out pretty well for them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Probably. Don't tell time. monetize. Just monetize as much as you can. It's fine. All the
0: time. Yeah. Uh, well, we're looking forward to the smart fridge. Uh, get get right on that. We need at least three more versions of Skyrim. Come on, get on it. And I want to make sure that all of the bugs are still intact. Don't they t- will be. Don't worry. That chest in Dawnstar, I rely on that. I want to go and find the hidden store chest in Dawnstar. You gotta make sure it's still there. I, I gotta make sure I have the restoration loop. So, I think I think we've talked enough about Skyrim. This this segment is as long as the game.
1: <laughs> it's as long as the Companions questline, at least.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to turn into a werewolf. Spoiler for a ten-year-old game. I was gonna say spoiler, damn. Sorry. Spoiler, yeah. Alright, so we are actually getting behind a little bit on Discord discussions. Discord discussions! Not sure if that should have a theme song. Nothing. No. Let's forget that. Uh, but anyway, on Discord discussions, we discuss things that we saw on Discord. Right wow! <laughs> That's... There's no more self-explanatory segment on the show than that. Except uh, for Weekly Muse. That is also pretty... Actually, most of them are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. One more thing is just another thing. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, in similar fashion to Holicity's, uh discussion about who is building the game world, which we've had a lot of discussion about, too, uh, since we we talked about it on the show... Um, we had another one from Datum that I wanted to discuss, which was about pros and cons of uh, GMing styles. And what Datum wrote uh, not too long ago, actually, was uh, to d- discuss the uh, pros and cons of high prep GMing, which is like the mapping the props, the world details, all of the other periphery, uh, etc., versus lower prep GMing, which is more like improv, theater of the mind, etc. Uh, when should you prep? And where do you focus your prep time? Well, that's a pretty good discussion to be having right about now. Um, when it comes to the world building aspect, now we're not talking so much about Holicity's thing with who's actually controlling the world building, but when you're doing the GMing, uh, I'll, I'll pass the question on to you. When you're doing the GMing, do you consider yourself... Like, a a high prep kind of GM, or do you prefer to do more of a less prep up front and then try to work it out as you go?
1: Oh, I'm definitely low prep. Okay. Um, I have vague ideas of things I would like to happen, generally. Okay. And I might set up a few things ahead of time, but, like, I don't go out and map the whole thing out. I kind of do theater of the mind i don't use maps typically when i played uh, over the years mm-hmm. um i don't do miniatures maps that type of stuff okay. but I, i'm much more of a on the fly improv thing when igm okay. um i feel like it's a bit it can flow a bit better and it's kind of just like less stress for mm-hmm. say me got it yeah. Um, cause, you know, I don't want to sit there and go, well, you guys just t- took all of these plans I had, threw them out the window, and then stomped on them
0: vigorously.
1: Fuck you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to get into that pattern. That was more my experience, too, cause I would say that I was, uh, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do. You, you prepped the shit out of Rift, Rift Hunters, didn't you? Uh, Rift Hunters was more, more prepped than it really had to be. Um... In fact, when I originally had proposed it to the, the folks at Open Legend, I basically, like, was running them through what episode one was going to be. I had full speeches for the character, different NPCs that were going to be doing speeches. I had written <laughs> it out, the individual pieces of it. And I was like, yes, and they're going to go here, and there's going to there's going to be people, and now I can tell you what all the characters are that are going to be in this location. I had mapped out the entire town of Reveille where they start in this whole thing Um, I knew what the different buildings were and uh, you know the side streets and stuff so the the middle of the map and then I kind of had a little bit of an idea of the exterior Uh, what was going on in in the world um, the uh, lore that like the the cosmology of this world that they believe in um, the that whole thing the stories that were going to be told at the beginning, how they were going to get to their first mission. I had started working on designing the towers at the next mission, uh, at pretty much the second that we start uh, from that that point forward. Um, I will tell you, I would not do that again. (laughs) I will not do that again. So what happened during that first session, Nathan? Not what I wanted. <laughs> anything you wanted happen? Uh, su- some of it. Um, in fact it actually became episode one and two if you've ever if, whoever actually listens to that uh, it, it became one and two because we started to realize when we were brainstorming that um, it was Brian it and, and, and Ryan were kind of like going, yeah. Maybe the, the whole thing where you're doing the speeches of the characters and stuff will we'll wait till episode two we will start there. <laughs> like, by the time you get to that point. Uh, and that's probably a good thing, because there was a segment of that... Um, <laughs> there was a segment of that whole first part where they're in the town in those first couple episodes, where you're just listening to me have a conversation between three NPCs that requires <laughs> no <laughs> input from the actual characters. It was, it was, it was terrific. It was terrific. Uh, yeah, there, because There's Nathan
1: talking to himself in third person.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you had you had you had the Reverend. Uh, no, actually, there was four, five. I think God. there were five characters. They got to the bookstore and they had Blaze. And his his grandmother, and there was the uh, pastor, and then there were the two uh, precocious orphans, and they're doing a storytelling in in the thing. So uh, everyone's kind of like talking back and forth, and I had already scripted out what that back and forth conversation was going to be.
1: You you know, Nathan. Mm-hmm. So one thing I hope you've learned from this is that yeah, you don't really need full speeches. As long as you kind of make a note about the relevant points of whatever you hear people talking about, Mm. in a lot of cases, you can get away with that. Mm.
0: No, I didn't hear that lesson.
1: You can can kind of be like, yeah, you overhear a conversation between these people Mm. about this subject, and then this one point that's important comes up. Uh Uh-huh. You can give them that. Uh Uh-huh. And if you want, it saves you having to do a speech between... Five NPCs that are just all you voicing.
0: But I, I your, needed, but I, dialogue. But I needed to tell them the entire rich lore of the, of, of the world that they were now in.
1: Yeah, you just wanted to lore dump on them.
0: I did. I did a lore dump as as a uh, as a of many moons ago kind of. Uh, you know who doesn't story. listen
1: to lore dumps? Who? Anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just kind of love the idea that I have—I have like my four players that are, are probably just sitting at home thinking, "Is when do we play the game?" <laughs> like, while while I have like a 15-minute conversation with myself of all the characters. I feel, feel like to there needs to be build-up. Yeah.
1: A mechanic in an RPG tabletop RPG that is essentially just roll to skip cutscene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> roll to meta out of this moment. <laughs> Can we just uh, Yeah, out? just just roll to skip. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just we... new quest. Here's your just card. New quest, yeah. Can we hold the magic button to skip the cutscene? <laughs> that would be great. Can we close up the book? I didn't really want to read everything. Can we skip to the end and then just get the quest marker? That'd be good. Um no, I mean, that was kind of what I had built, and so I did kind of think to myself, well, once I get out into that, you know, w- once they leave the bookstore, they have time and before we go to the quest. So, hey, does anyone want to go anywhere? And so, you know, they, they have free reign to go wherever they want, but the thing is, is that I'm so happy because it's like I know what's going on everywhere. And I've even figured out, like, starting quests and, and, like, plot points in different areas and where they're going to go and how we're going to get them to their plot threads. And all they have to do is they have to go here and here and here. The problem, of course, was they didn't go there. Yeah, that's always the problem, Nathan. I wanted them to go to the hotel... Uh, because there was there was going to be a room waiting for them, and that was supposed to set up a quest line, or or a, a little bit of a mystery for one of the characters that would speak to a much larger storyline that I had already figured out.
1: Another fifteen minute cutscene.
0: Uh, luckily that wasn't a fifteen minute cutscene, but I figured that it was going to be an interesting mystery to uh something that was that was going to involve uh dimensions and time travel and a whole bunch of other things uh, related to why he was still there, and, like, I was like, okay, good, I'll set it up now, because over the next, like, three years that we do this, I am gonna make sure that, like, people will be able to go back to this moment at, like, the very first episode and say, oh, yeah, I did plan this out, ha-ha, yeah, I got him, like, I was like, I'm gonna plan all of these out so that I got great story threads going for, like, all four of the characters, and that way, like, when they watch back, like, to the very end, it'd be like, CALLBACKS! The whole thing worked out perfectly from the beginning. Yep, this was That worked out, out for you? Well, we only did six episodes and I kind of had to end it prematurely. So. Oh, no. Which was fun because at the end I got to do entire lore dumps about what happened to the rest of the world without most of the cast there at all.
1: <laughs> so. So, Nathan, mm-hmm. would you say that if you were to DM again.
0: Uh-huh. If you were to GM again. Yeah. Would you be high prep or low prep? I'm no prepping it. I'm literally I'm literally coming in with a like, um cool, a what do you guys want to do? <laughs> like i like, I'm, I'm sitting there like I don't know. What do you want to do? I think I think I would probably try a, a method of just doing like um, story cards or something like that. You know, oh, yeah. just pick, pick some out and just kind of go, yeah, that combination works. Let's just use that as a starting point. We'll just work from there.
1: You gotta lead with the hook.
0: You gotta lead with the hook,
1: yeah. You gotta lead with the hook. You go, this is a thing. Mm. And your party is interested in it.
0: Yeah, see, I think the, the thing that was working against me just from what I was... Uh, used to seeing because like one of the reference points that I had gotten for the you know for the live play was uh, Adventure Zone okay yeah so you know you're you're listening to Adventure Zone and you're listening to um, what the McElroy's had kind of set up with all that well mostly what Griffin set up with that which is very rich and detailed and very innovative in, in how it was built And I'm listening to how that whole thing goes. And thinking to myself, oh, okay, so what I'm really looking for is I want to have a really, a pretty clear, not a totally clear, but I want a pretty clear idea of what the end of this is. Like, where we actually get to at the end. And know I'm working towards that.
1: I feel like that's not always a good idea for an RPG to set like your goal for this end
0: goal sure from
1: the beginning because depending what the party does
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're either never gonna reach that yeah, or you could reach that very prematurely for instance Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. like yeah
1: we're just gonna beeline it right you know maybe they're gonna just beeline it and then like do you just let them do you try to subvert them from it even though that is the goal Mm -hmm. um so I feel like having a good starting point and an idea for where you'd like to end up but not like a concrete plan mm. works
0: well. Right. Um, I think what I was trying to figure out was in a world where you've created like this uh, genre mashup where there were so many different kinds of things that were happening and they were going on different voyages that I wanted to have some kind of through line that would explain some of it that would go forward. So I was—I I, I kind of worked out before we really even started what the overarching reason for this and this right now was, um, or at least to create a bad, an organization that was essentially the the, the bad guys you'd have to rectify by the end, yeah, um, in in that storyline. And I had a villain, and he had a compelling sword. He wasn't gonna just—I didn't want villains like that's the other thing. I didn't want to have villains that were just like mustache-twirling. I'm just doing a bad thing because <laughs> I like bad things. I wanted someone who was like motivated to do to to do what he he was doing, kind of dispassionately, because of ambition, because of possibility, uh, and 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 what he saw for himself. Um, and just not looking at what the consequences of those actions were. And the organization being like that, too. It was, it was supposed to be more like a, a large corporation that was seeing the energy that could be harnessed from the rifts and seeing gotcha. that as a wonderful resource that they could harvest, but they would have to make the rifts continuously larger. They could actually expand them. but without... Nothing can go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Without caring about the fact that the rifts are tearing apart time and space because it's, yeah. it's a lucrative venture, that, <clears throat> that might have had some themes outside. <laughs> the, see, in the last one I had, mm. it, was,
1: it was similar because there were, there were rifts and tears in reality as well. Mm. But that wasn't them trying to do it on purpose. It was a scientist going a bit too far with an experiment.
0: Yeah, that also helps.
1: I screwed up. My bad. Accidentally tore the elemental planes asunder, and now they're wreaking havoc on the material plane, and all the planes are collapsing upon it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Little different. And so that's why we talked about it in the world building one, where the time travel shenanigans that I had, the, the party had been sent to the past. From this future where the planes have collapsed. And there was very little of the material plane kind of left. They're Mm. like, yeah, um, we kind of isolated where this kind of happened from. And we kind of would like you guys to go back to fix it. And the reason we're picking you people to go back and fix it is because you have ancestors who were there at the time. Mm. Like, I didn't tell the players this, but it was uh, planned out that these characters were direct descendants from people that were there during the time that it happened. Sure. So, they could have a more direct, like, time link or whatever oh, to nice. that time period. <laughs> and then uh, they had to go back and try and fix this. Um, oh, sure. They just ended up. They were sent back in time by the person who caused the issue, the scientist who originally caused the problem. Oh, okay. Who had just been living for that long. And he was like, he didn't tell them that it was his fault. But he's like, yeah, no, I've been researching this for a while and I figured out kind of when this happened and why it happened. So I need you guys to go back and try and fix this and, like, tell the guy who's who's experimenting not. Like, convince him to not do the thing. Right. Okay. I didn't tell them how to convince him not do the thing he's doing. Right. But, uh, you know, they could kill him. He's not a villain.
0: Right. He's just a scientist. Right, right, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see the science aspect going out of control, that's always fun. How much did you really think of that, though, beforehand, or how much were you dealing with like, as you went along? Like, was that something you kind of figured out at the very beginning before you kind of
1: figured out the plot I wanted to go with, and okay. like, alright, here's kind of your quest, and this is what's gonna happen. And I kind of let the party decide how they were going to deal with things and where in the world they wanted to go when they got there. Okay. And, like, they had to figure out how to get there, too. So, like, they were sent on a boat to an island that existed outside of
0: time. Okay.
1: And then they got to the island, and they had to kind of puzzle-solve to get the item they needed to do. had an interaction, did some time, time travel shenanigans, went back in time to the place they had originally come from but in the past did you
0: have to do a lot of railroading for that
1: not as much as you would expect okay um because they my party was buying into it okay so they're like okay this is our quest we'll do it all right you know i get it we'll we'll go on they weren't like yeah we want to kind of go do other things it's like no you kind of lead in Mm -hmm. and you're like all right this is kind of what's going on you guys have been called here for this reason Mm-hmm. It's like, right? All right, cool. We got this. Great. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. My experience was I. Uh, I've railroaded, uh, my party, pretty, pretty bad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. There, there was a point where they wanted to just move on to the next uh, part of the game, and I couldn't figure out, like, I had tried a few different things to, like, get them to the hotel, so I could start that story thread. It's like, oh, well, you know, your character is drunk, and you should, she should probably sleep that off, so I guess you could take them to the hotel, and there's, there's a room waiting for you. But, you know, she was like, no, I'm fine, we can keep going. Okay. Um... Eventually I'm just kind of like going, before we go, can we go to the hotel? <laughs> and and they were like, oh okay, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> let's just go there. Uh, and then of, of course when we get to like the the later episodes where I'm trying to close people's stories out, I'm pretty much just taking them on a roller coaster. To get to the, to get point A to point B. Okay, yeah, and then you get you get uh, a bunch of raptors come down. Okay, great. Can you fight off the raptors? Okay, this character comes in. They take you to this place. You go there. Now they're gonna take you here. Now you're gonna go on and yeah, yeah Your quest is over. Congratulations, You've done. You did it. You led my instructions perfectly. Now, of course, considering that they knew that they had to wrap this stuff up, and they had to wrap their character arcs up. Uh, in like very limited time, uh, they seem to be pretty happy, or or relatively happy with just how because it, it gave them some closure, at least for Sarah's character, because um, I had a story arc just for her. Well, uh, a, a session just with her on that, but uh, for for the rest of them, I was just trying to get them to a point real quick because I had no time. <laughs> So, it was mostly a time constraint of now I have to try to cram, like, some semblance of the next, what, three years worth of content I was trying to build into about two episodes. Good luck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, know the, I know the point of them having you do the thing was to show that Open Legend is accessible for newbies, too. Yes. Which is great and all, but you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't seem to work quite right. Then I did the holiday special, and uh, yeah, I prepped that way too much as well, because it was literally to one encounter, to the next, so that they could get enough crystals to get to the end. Like, it was Candyland, but it was, like, deadlier. And they had to go from one encounter to the next encounter, and I had figured out voices and storylines for every single one of them. And there were also because I wanted it to be like a holiday special that they were like in, like a Rankin Bass special that they were in. I also made fake commercials and cut away to do commercial breaks, and then did fully scripted uh, commercials, fake commercials in between all the different segments to to lead them from point A to point B.
1: Sounds to me like you'd do better as a producer of a show than running the game.
0: Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> seems seems like that was the takeaway that everybody took from this. So so like <laughs> I
1: haven't DM'd in probably at least five years now. I haven't run a game. Yeah. Um but like I never prepped that much it was all head and kind of like all right here's an idea of what i'd like to go and happen sure but i wouldn't do all that prep like that it's like i have loose storylines right. and things and i can really morph this and like w- low prep or at least knowing kind of where things you want to happen should happen mm-hmm. i think works well and uh, even if you do have all the ideas you have and and you really want to prep the shit out of it a lot of cases, your party, unless they have a complete buy-in, are not going to follow that.
0: No, and I don't think that they did. And um, <laughs> the, the the problem is that, like, I kind of... Um, I don't know if I was just not quite aware of the, the structure of it from the perspective of the person running. I, I kind of worked on the, the premise that I better have something prepared, because I didn't want to end up lost the second that I didn't have something prepared. I think that's the problem with, like, the idea of a low prep, or at least the problem that I would run into, is what happens the second you don't have a thing ready? Like, how am I supposed to get around that?
1: That's where the improv comes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That scares me a lot. And, and the thing is, is that what inevitably happened is the second I could see an improvisational moment, I then tried to script all of that out. Because there, there, there was a thing. I think I probably talked about it once a while back on Delphi. But um, we had the uh, one of the characters was a Russian spy. and of but, but a Russian spy that kept saying that she was not a spy. She was she was just a famous Russian film actress that was not a spy. And she did that by constantly saying she was not a spy.
1: That seems like a real-life thing
0: that happened. Anyways. It does feel like that. But anyway, there's a point at the very beginning of the show where she goes to one bar. Everybody else is at another one. And so she's now drinking alone. She decides to get a drink. She's drinking alone. She's feeling those effects. Um, and the bartender has now heard her say that she's not a spy several times and asks her, like, hey, are you a spy? <laughs> and, and she's like, no, no, I'm not a spy. And I, I sat there and I thought, yeah, you're going to have to make some kind of, like, persuasion check or deception check to see if that works. She failed that. And so the bartender keeps asking her about it. And and so instead of fessing up and saying, yes, you are a spy, uh, she's like, and then my character just passes out at the bar. Now, uh, now the whole thing was that the other characters are able to get her eventually, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, get her out of that situation. After that session, though, I think to myself. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, Whoa. So there was a moment in this entire story, where one of my characters who's trying to convince people that they are not a spy was unconscious, along without the other characters around, in a bar, and she would have had her bag with all of her stuff right there. So there's a real possibility, a perfectly reasonable possibility that if somebody was overhearing this in the bar, that might be on the lookout for spies, they could have gotten something from her bag without any of the party noticing. To you could have had the bartender she, do it. You could have even had the bartender do it, and I kind of feel like maybe that was going to be the solution that the bartender did it, but, but to lead also, it on to though, the whole quest. Yeah,
1: I feel like the players should not be like, "Yeah, my par- character passes out."
0: Yeah, but I was like, okay, <laughs> if you're going to go with that, though, I'm going to figure out a way to use that because my you... <laughs> my end goal though was that. There would be a point where she goes, I'm going to go into my bag and I'm going to get something. And what she wanted to get isn't there anymore because somebody had taken it when they were at the bar. And that would indicate that when she gets back to town, she needs to find out who took it, which gets you onto a whole wonderful cloak and dagger story that I was going to work on. So by the time that one thing unexpectedly happened... I had already, like, started thinking about an entire storyline that was going to go into, like, a spy ring in the middle of the main city that was going to be for the, the character. And I overthought that way too much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, the TLDR here, Nathan. Yes. High prep, low prep? Uh, well, considering I tried high prep and it didn't work, I guess we would go with low prep uh, by nature. But I think what I'm going to need, I think what I'm going to need, and maybe you have suggestions on this, is some kind of um, medium in order to do the low prep. Like either story cards or or something that I can feel more comfortable with not doing the prep work. Vague notes. Vague notes. Vague notes.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Vague notes, and if you want, uh, I think Datum and a couple others have uh, mentioned in the Discord as well, mm. that sometimes you just kind of use a pre-established world and just kind of rip it apart. Sure.
0: sure. Like, you don't
1: have to go with the established lore, but the locations and the world and the geography make it a lot easier for you mm. to go, Yeah, okay, you're an Icewind Dale. Yeah. And okay, here's some. here's some you're just here but i'm not gonna go with any of the established lore for it except for the location and mm. like everything else is, is made by me yeah it's kind of made up on the spot yep i did that uh years ago in mm-hmm. the forgotten realms with uh, a dragon i think that was up on a volcano an ice dragon had taken residence up on the volcano mm. of course um iced over an entire forge of elementals Great. Just taken up as a lair, mm-hmm. um, and that was uh, by Neverwinter. I think Mount Hotnow.
0: Oh, that yeah. place! Yeah,
1: great name, great name. Um, but like, I I took that location as the setting I was using, and then I kind of just did something there. Sure, it doesn't have to fit in with the setting. It doesn't have to fit in with established lore. It's your world, in your game. Yeah. But you're using locations and places, and things that are recognizable, so that you have a basis. Okay. Which means you don't have to suddenly go, I need a town. What's in the town? What's the town look like? And you can go, it's this town. It looks like this town, it sounds like this town. Just, it's just got different inhabitants this time.
0: I almost feel like what you might need, and I'm sure they've made some of these, but I'd be interested if anyone out there can so- cite a resource for me of just like some some just like a, a book that has some detailed elements that you could use for frameworks. Definitely uh, there they exist. Yeah, so that you know say that people are just really familiar with the D&D and you don't want a town or a setting or something that's D&D cuz people are going to go, "Wait, isn't this the thing and the place or whatever?" But like individual towns, items, quest lines, stuff like that framework that you can then work with. That's that's not actually specific to a setting, to a system, something like that, so that you can use those elements, use the narratives that have been created there and the detail. And then you can just drag and drop like drag and drop, but for tabletop, drag and drop for tabletop. Perfect.
1: I like that. We're going to trademark that drag and drop tabletop.
0: Drag and drop for tabletop. There's the episode title. DDTTRPG. DDTTRPG. Perfect. <laughs> Down to role play. Anyway, uh, thanks. Uh, and hopefully if anyone has any other suggestions, one for any resources that I might be looking for. But if you are interested in either doing a low prep or a high prep, uh, tell me which one you would like to uh, do or which one you prefer to do. I think you determined that low prep works best for you. Oh, no, yeah. no interest in going high prep? my no. route have i turned i don't have i, don't ha- <laughs> I do not
1: have the ability to process enough stress for that
0: <laughs> yeah i think the thing is though for me i felt stressed by not having something ready yeah no. so uh no. that that was my inexperience showing uh so basically i think what we're getting to is essentially if you're if you're new you naturally try to high prep and by the time you're an old hat, you start to do lower prep. Yeah,
1: um... You know how you always joke that I like to kill all my players? And that one time you played with me, you started in a crypt? Yep. Almost dead already? Yeah, those were just riffing points. And I don't okay. really kill my, all my players, but I don't prep. So if they do things that like get them murdered, that's their own fucking fault.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, okay. so there you go. Apparently, as you get better... At GMing or you get a little longer in the tooth for it, for it, you prep less.
1: <laughs> Sometimes. Or you prep more and just write modules.
0: Yep. Yep. If if you it's the two very different directions, two paths to version of version in the forest. One you leads go. you to make the actual modules, and one leads you to just uh not stress out so much about it. Yeah. And there's that. Sure. We have one more thing to discuss and today that is going to be a topic we were talking about oh, not too long ago in the off-camera section. yeah, which was about uh, the number of game launchers that are out there now because it feels like you have to have about 10 in order to, <laughs> in order to see everything. Now there are uh, a couple different things that we'd need to talk about with that though. Uh, there are the actual game delivery services, you know, the actual ones where you buy the games on those platforms. Uh, but then there are also a ton of other kinds of launchers that you can use to organize and then launch games that have yes. their, own, their own private things. Yeah, uh, I do have a couple lists of what people consider to be the better ones. Uh, but in general, before we get going with that. What do you have on your computer for essentially oh, game boy. launchers?
1: Too many, too many game launchers. Too many launchers. Well, first of all, yeah. mm-hmm. I I do have Vortex, which is a mod manager, but you can use it to launch games. I generally don't. Okay. However, I do launch Skyrim from it because then it I, I think it launches correctly that way. I don't know if it launches correctly from Steam. Uh, um, I have uh, Steam. I have Epic. Mm -hmm. I have the Blizzard app, whatever they call it now, um, which is, you can launch games without it, but again, it's easier to just do that. I have, um, Origin Somewhere, Mm -hmm. which is 99% for The Sims. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's see, I think Ubisoft has its own launcher. They do. If you want to use it, I do not. No. Um... Elite Dangerous has its own launcher if you get into game. Oh, really? Uh, that one has its own launcher that you need to use. Oh, Crusader boy. Kings has its own launcher. Uh, its own splash screen launcher when you launch it. It's not like a... It's not like it's Steam launcher, but it is a... When you open it, it goes up with the. alright, here's your little launch thing before the game properly launches. Right.
0: Um, Rockstar was actually the one we were talking about. Uh... This, this came up when we were talking about GTA. But yeah, yeah. Rockstar has its own, own launcher that it wants to sell all of its games through as well uh, to kind of be an all-in-one platform for them. Um, and uh, yeah. Any others that uh, you have on your bar there? Oh, I don't think
1: so. Um... Oh, Minecraft. Minecraft has its own launcher too. For Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons.
0: Oh. Okay. The
1: funny part about that is, is I have two different logins for Minecraft and then Minecraft Dungeons, and it makes me swap between the two different accounts to access each one individually. You can't just combine it.
0: Of course. Yeah. Of course. Great. Uh, what do I have down here? I've got myself a, uh, I've got the Xbox or essentially, it's also Microsoft, but essentially it's the Xbox Game Pass one. Uh, because that's where I, I have the ultimate, so that's where you launch all the stuff through Game Pass. Uh, I have uh, Epic on here now, mostly just for the free games every.
1: That's week. The, kind of the only reason I have it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oops why I got Tiny Tina. Actually, I downloaded it when Tiny Tina came out because I was like, oh, okay. I'll get that for free. I just gotta download the launcher. I might as well do that. Speaking of that,
1: I saw you had a a PC building simulator.
0: I do. Did Did you you? buy that? I did. I have it too. Oh, yeah. I got it for free on Epic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't pay all that much for it, but... No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I have myself uh, Steam, and then I have uh, GOG. And actually, the thing is that I do buy a lot of things on GOG, uh, but mostly just because I like the fact that it's DRM-free. They also have a very generous return policy if you decide that you want to replace things. Their deals are usually pretty good. Um, Sometimes they'll offer some freebies with your games, I got, um, when I bought, I think, New Vegas Ultimate Edition, they also threw in Elder Scrolls Arena and Daggerfall just because. Um, but then the other thing that I found that's very helpful is they actually have a management thing for the launching so that you can tie your other accounts into it. Yeah. So that you can have your complete listing of, of games there, which is very helpful, because if I just needed to not find a game on any of those, but if I just wanted to launch something, I could actually go on there and see the entire listing for, for all of them uh, on every platform, and I could launch from there. Now, there are, in addition to that, of several others that they do talk about that are not necessarily uh, platforms for buying it, not really you know, game platforms, so to speak, like we normally think of but are there as launcher apps uh some of the big ones that are usually on there is stuff like razer cortex game room play night and i believe LaunchBox is another one that is one that you actually have to pay for don't but, any of those yes um it's a uh, game room to to be just clear game room is one that apparently is no longer in development Uh, The community is inactive, so I don't really know what that's about. There is something called Steam Big Picture, which would allow you to use, um, what, emulate Zinput devices uh, with a controller.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just something you can get right on Steam. Basically, you just, there's a button for Big Picture mode right there, thanks to the minimize button.
0: Right. Um, I don't use it. (laughs) uh, Yeah. What was the funny one that I had? There's this uh, thing from uh, Slant.co where it's uh, 11 best game launchers. And they get to the one that's about LaunchBox. And I love the fact that it says, top pro, it's free. For the pros and cons. Top pro, it's free. And then a con is expensive. It is expensive for a game launcher. Now, I'm intended <laughs> Now, I have to tell you, I think that the pro might be wrong. Because it is $50 to buy game- LaunchBox.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Um, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's its
1: own game, huh?
0: It's pretty much its own thing, and uh, I I don't think I would necessarily recommend it. Only because the only pro it seems to say is it's free, and it is not. Um, so there's that. the The one that is at the top of the list, though, and I have seen it uh, mentioned quite a bit, is Play Night. Um It's it's only for Windows, but it does have things like a pro. Um, the top pro is a uh, full screen mode. Has a full screen mode and also that's,
1: I don't know how that's a pro
0: I don't know uh, but I don't keep, I don't want my launcher. In,
1: I don't want my launcher in full screen if I want it in full screen I can just maximize this the, the launcher
0: yeah I don't ever think to myself like I want my launcher to be on the full screen that's what I could really use um, also though uh, open source released under the MIT license so so there is that um, and it it also one of the things that they talk about is If you have, like, a launch box or something, it uses up a lot of RAM. There are several apps that have tendency to. And so compared to, like, the 900 to 1 gig that you'd be looking at at some of these, this one only uses about 200 to 300 megs to do essentially the same thing. Um... But one of the other cons of that is that if you have a game on different systems, it will just show instances of it in multiples. I know on GOG, it will kind of just show you that you own the game uh, and give you like launch options. Additionally, uh, there's a Radeon and GeForce have their own like experience. I know
1: GeForce experience you can use as well. I just, again,
0: why? Right, exactly. Um, and uh, and obviously, the ones that are usually up here are, are GOG and Steam um, for actual platform platforms. Um, but I think my biggest complaint is I don't know why we need so many different, like, essentially platforms on the PC. I thought one of the biggest complaints that people had about the consoles was the, the very fact that, um, you know, you're... <laughs> you you had console-specific games, and mm-hmm. so what this has opened up is the ability to have console-specific games, but for the PC. Um, we, we saw that with uh, releases for, like, the Epic Store, where it was exclusive to Epic for... Uh, they did this for Borderlands 3, and I think yeah. that they're going to be doing it for... Um, and I just
1: bought Borderline 3 cuz it was 75% off.
0: And that was on Steam because it is now past the exclusivity date. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is great. Um, there's uh, more of those that are going to be like exclusive deals for certain systems and then they're going to become you know generally available a year afterward because some people threw a lot of money at it. And so here we are. Um, and uh, and so I don't really know if I like that because I, I kind of feel like PC games is just general thing shouldn't have to be uh, gate kept like that through certain, right. through certain apps Also the problem I have with like the exclusivity is if you think about things like Marvel's Avengers uh, where you know if you want to play the Spider-mans you have to have the Sony so you have to have the PlayStation you don't get that. You have less content on other ones because you now have exclusivity on certain platforms. I was not looking for that kind of relationship when we got to the PC. I didn't want that to happen when we got to, to a PC because we had kind of solved this problem back when we just had the disks. You just put the disk in, and it didn't matter what you had on your system, just that I mean... your system could run it.
1: <clears throat> the issue now with discs becomes like when your consoles is that, oh, you've got a disc, but you still need the disc to download yeah. another hundred gigs of data.
0: Right. What they've turned the discs into is essentially a passcode, a yeah. pass passkey, so that you can get the de- game downloaded. Um, I have noticed though, with a lot of games, especially the ones that usually take up a lot of uh, storage. Is that the game disc does serve as part of the overall, uh, you know, uh, load, essentially, for the giant gigawad that, <laughs> that spawned into your thing. Because, yeah. like, um, Borderlands 3, I have that one on my uh, Xbox One. And that particular one, does obviously, is not taking up nearly the kind of gigs that it would if I downloaded it on PC. And that's because I have the disc itself. So the disc does actually serve as part of it. But as time goes on and they do all of the patchwork and the additional DLC, it starts to also become a giant yeah. uh, cluster. And I need to have the disc for it. Yeah. Um, I still like my discs. I guess that's the thing. Um, I do worry a little bit about physical media going away. Be- m- kind of like what you were talking about earlier, though, with, like, I can't get the original Skyrim that you used to have. <laughs> I mean, on-
1: can't on Steam, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. Is like, well, if they pull it from the store, can I buy it again or can I download it again? You know, uh, I, I worry a little bit about that. If I had a disc in my hand, at least I know that I can pop a disc in. And I can play it. Uh, there are a lot of games that you know get kind of like lost in the shuffle or get, you know, taken off of Steam. Um, I guess in definitive editions' case, that was probably a good thing. How many launchers do you think we actually need? Like, which which ones are really necessary for us? Considering
1: two or three max on PC. I mean, I get Epic is trying to be a different storefront than than Steam, and they're actually better for creators on the monetary end they give them a better cut Mm -hmm. so that's cool uh steam offers way more games and offers it to indie games and smaller titles which is really cool as well Mm -hmm. and then i think you know microsoft has two now microsoft has two because origin is microsoft i believe isn't it or is that ea
0: that's uh ea origins
1: ea doesn't need their own because they offer their games on steam now anyways
0: yeah, and also EA Play. Oh yeah, there's, no there's, fuck that. EA Ubisoft Play. doesn't
1: need their own, because I don't care.
0: No, because Ubisoft is going to be... Because Ubisoft also has their games on other stuff, too.
1: Right. And then Minecraft, again, I guess Minecraft is its own standalone thing. It's whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, I can only imagine the reason why they're doing it is probably monetary cuts. You know, obviously. I, I, I'm sure that they pay less if they're doing it well they probably keep everything actually if they have their own launcher then if they go through like a steam or something but then again how many people are really going to go how much time do you have to spend to actually maintain and update that you have to have servers for that you you have to keep the site going and how much money are you really getting out of that process i I just feel like you're better off going with a system. Like, if you want to do an epic deal, they'll pay you good money for an exclusivity. Yeah, they will. Uh, yeah, this is, that's why everybody takes it. Um, or Microsoft. Microsoft will pay you good money for basically buying your company so that you can develop exclusively like they did with Obsidian and Bethesda, etc. Um, and, you know, there's, those games aren't necessarily exclusive yet, but just wait uh, to two consoles uh, so there's there's that uh but again i don't really like the idea of doing those exclusivity deals or trying to you know keep it from one storefront over another because you get into a console war that we didn't really ask for because we didn't think we'd have to deal with this when we got to pcs right. so i'm kind of i'm kind of concerned about that to be honest with you because i can see this going in one of those directions where you know everybody just creates their own bespoke uh you know uh launcher for every single game and it's like i it's too it's too many launchers guys it's just too many launchers and it you get too many launchers it loses its efficacy because then no one's going to go to a centralized hub to find games they're just going to yeah. be going to this place because, well, I want to play Minecraft. Okay, we'll go there. But you're not going to discover anything new when you go right. to the... Like, besides Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons, is there anything else on the Minecraft uh, launcher?
1: Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. I, I will say, one thing I love about Steam is the fact you've got all the user reviews. Yes. And that's... I don't really use a lot of the Steam community stuff, but the reviews on Steam games... Uh, in the fact, you can see those ratings, mostly negative, positive, whatever it is. You see how many reviews are, and you can go through and read those is nice. Oh, yeah. Epic, on the other hand, doesn't have anything like that. No. And Epic does not have... You don't just go to, like, a game's page. You click on the button on Epic, and you launch a game. All that they yeah. have is a store page. Yeah. So... Uh, one of my games on Epic updated recently, and I'm like, where do I find the freaking notes? Where do I find patch notes for what this game just updated? And it doesn't offer any of that on Epic. No. no. So, the way I found it is I launched the game, then the game itself on the title screen, I had the stuff for it, but it's like, if I just want to read your patch notes, I don't want to launch your game. I want to see what the changes were. And Steam does a good job of this, generally, because I know it's not on steam but it's developers who do it but it's all generally on their page and it's in your news for games so i'll be like oh all these games have updates that just happened and i can click on the game title and it'll bring me to the page or it'll bring me to the patch notes and i can just read through the patch notes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and blizzard is actually fairly i mean blizzard's still in hot water but blizzard is actually decent at their patch notes being there as well
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: so that's the thing for me i want to be right. able to see the changes that have come to the game especially a game that i buy in, if i buy one in early access or something yeah and it's like all right things need to be fixed before i want to play you let's see what you fix so they can see if i want to try and play you again
0: right um i would say that like usually like xbox uh Game Pass, Microsoft, they're usually good. They will have reviews. They will have user-generated reviews. You have to own the game to do a review. Uh, I think Steam is the same basic policy. Uh, GOG also does user reviews. You can yeah. see those. Um, what I will say is a little annoying, though, is if you are getting a like a game for Xbox and you see that there's a giant update, they don't, uh, in, in similar fashion, they don't tell you what really... Is getting updated. Yeah, I have to go onto a website to then find out like what is this giant download that they did, and what does that add? Because yep. I want to know. So, so that is the
1: one thing I do hate when a game on Steam updates, even like a small update, and there's no patch notes, and I'm like, what was it? What is this? What's this what thing? is this twenty megabyte update? What did you do? What did you change? What did you fix? Oh, let me know.
0: They had an update for Psychonauts Two. Not that long ago. That was like 20 gigabytes. And I was like, and what is that? And I had to go on a whole site to find out. To find out, like, oh, well, we added like arenas and we added some other like mods, like the auto spot, which is like a whole filter. Like, if you're trying to find all these collectibles we put throughout the game, but they're a little hard to find, there's one that heightens it. There's like a, a mode where you can actually see it in clear detail uh in in the camera mode and stuff like that and i'm like oh okay well i guess that now i know that but geez just throw that right in my face everspace 2 had a giant one like that too not too long ago and it's like oh cool is that mostly content and i found out that yeah some of it is but it's also a lot of A lot of bug fixes and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of
1: optimization stuff.
0: A lot of optimization stuff, which they got to fix, because i got to be honest with you, on the version that I have, um, there's supposed to be a gate that takes you to another system, the new system. Every time you destroy one of the crystals that you're supposed to do so that you can unlock the gate, game freezes every single time. (laughs) You can't get there. And they know about the problem, and I'm sure um, now I know what the next patch better be. If they do, (laughs) better be something for that. But, yeah, when I see the giant content updates, Borderlands 3 actually had one too, I wonder, like, especially those, okay, there's got to be something new, something big that I'm missing here that I should be aware of. And if you haven't just outright told me. So, in an ideal launcher, yeah, I want to know what the updates are. I want something on the page that tells me when you have that giant update. This is what got updated this day. Those are the notes. I could, You could put them somewhere that I can get to them. I want a shopping cart. Yes. Epic. Why is this to be, so to hard? Be,
1: to be fair, yeah. Steam needs to do a better job, too, because if you're buying gifts for people...
0: You can either do the gift or you can do it for you, but you can't do it both.
1: You can't, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, if you put multiple things in your cart, I don't know if you can do multiple gifts all at the same time.
0: Yeah, they don't make that very easy to figure out. Yeah, so Steam,
1: you can do better too.
0: Yeah, they all can. GOG has one problem as well, which is just the the way that they uh, lay things out so that you can do your individual uh, modifications and stuff like that. How you launch modded versions of games and stuff, it's all kind of like hidden away And I did find that if you're uh, going on, like, Xbox, what they'll want to do, this is a very specific problem, but if you have linked your Xbox account, Game Pass account, onto your GOG, they'll show you all the games for your Game Pass, but that doesn't mean that all of them can actually play on the PC. Yeah. So it will show you all of these games, and then you'll go to most of them, and it will just kind of let go. No, you have to play this on your console. Well, then why are you showing it to me? You should. I would like this to be a little bit clearer. And I know, they're trying to do that just as a convenience, but still, it doesn't feel very convenient when I'm going, oh, maybe I can actually play these games on this system. No. And for that matter, Xbox, I would really like more of the uh, Play Anywhere titles, which, yeah. in, in case anybody's wondering, Play Anywhere, Xbox Play Anywhere is basically... If you have a game on the Game Pass or you happen to, you know, own it, uh, you can move your game with save data and everything. Play it on your PC, play it on your tablet, play it on your Xbox. You can just load your game up on another platform and hit the ground running right where you are. You don't have to start a new game, anything like that. You can just keep going with your a very, very handy, because you don't lose any of your progress, you know exactly where you are, you can keep your achievements and everything like that. But they don't do it enough, and they really have to do it better. I'd also like stability, and I'd also like to make sure that you could use your damn controller on any of them.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. We just had that issue... Uh,
0: with the Epic Store, right?
1: With Epic, because they don't support the PlayStation DualShock controller.
0: Yeah. Why? So, I don't... I, I mean, uh, Yeah, who knows? Don't
1: know. Don't know. Don't know why. Yeah. But they don't support it natively. Mm -hmm. Steam does. It supports Xbox and Steam controller and PS4 controller, PS5 controller, probably. Yeah. Um, But I was like, oh, so you'd have to play this game with with keyboard and mouse. I'm like, "Mm,
0: yeah, thanks. Thanks, Epic. To be fair, I don't think that the Xbox launcher has the support for PS controller. Uh, just I mean that's fine though.
1: That's yeah, that's system specific. This is on yeah. computer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now I have not run into that problem with GOG. Um, I, I I think they have support for other kind of controllers. I'm just using the Xbox, but I haven't run into those problems unless it's a specific game that doesn't like it. I think the general point is that it seems like there's a lot of launchers and not. I I can't point to a single one of them that will just does everything correctly. They all seem to have these quirks about them that just make you want to use something else to deal to yeah. break as a workaround. So,
1: you know what? The point here is we need to just make our own launcher.
0: We'll make a Total Pebble Knockdown launcher. We'll uh, call
1: it Trebuchet.
0: Trebuchet. Perfect. Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> trebuchet. People love Trebuchets. Exactly. We'll They're the trebuchet. superior siege weapon. They are the superior siege weapon, and that way you're, so cool. And mm-hmm.
1: you can use them to launch... Your games.
0: That's right. You can use them to launch your pebbles of games. I yes. want to rock. There's, you know what? The thing is though, if we make trebuchet, the only game you can play is Rock of Ages. <laughs> it's just the Rock of Ages collection. <laughs> they have their own bespoke launcher, and it's trebuchet. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, hey folks, if you want to see if we can do trebuchet and make that, uh, <laughs> make that game launcher that we always dreamed of. And we'll try to do a good uh, cut for the game creators. Especially the indie game market. I feel like they're the ones that kind of have a a give-take when it comes to the launchers. Because they do have to shell out a pretty sizable percentage to some of them. But at the same time, like I was saying, with all the bespoke ones like Rockstar and stuff, there is no... Uh, visibility for indie market games. Right. Like you have on those big platforms where people might actually be able to see you at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but it it is a big cut. I think Steam was like something like 30 or so percent for it's a chunk. Um, A little bit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we are wondering exactly what you out there in the world uh, use. If you happen to know, please check us out on Discord. Come and join the conversation. I'd be interested to know if you have one that we didn't mention here that uh, you might want to tell us about. How do you launch your games if you're working on PC? Or if you have one of those Macs that I used to use. Remember those. Once upon a time. If you're on Mac, PC, or if you really like those Linux... If you have a system that you prefer, you just let me know. Uh, we'll be over on Discord. We'll continue the conversation there. So, we have reached the conclusion of this episode.
1: It's rather a long episode.
0: Well, you know, we had a long rest after the turkey. We fell into a deep coma and, and emerged with a very long conversational piece. Uh, three of them, in fact. But don't worry, we'll be back onto a tighter... Three hours break. and a half? We'll, we'll, have, we'll only be at three hours next time. We'd be great at filibusters, because this would just be the entirety of our day.
1: I would just read Lord of the Rings out that loud.
0: W- that would work. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that more. It'd be more cohesive than they usually end up being. They get more people watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> Peter Jackson directed that filibuster. <laughs> let's just let's see here. Out of curiosity, though, Alex, if people wanted to find more about Trebuchet or all the other projects we're working on over at Total Bubble Knockdown, where could they go? To totalbubbleknockdown.com. Yeah, not trebuchet.com. That's a whole other thing. I wonder if it's that's probably t- taken. It's taken. It's probably taken. We'll find out. It's It's (laughs) about to be taken. The point is, you can find all the episodes of this show and any other thing that we're working on over there. We do have some other side projects that are going to be going up, uh, that are either already going up or are going up soon, as well as uh, your Patreon. There is a little tag. You can hit a little button and go over to Patreon. You'll find full-length versions of these episodes, in video format before they go up in audio form. Uh, you will also find some bonus content pieces that we do over there, and early releases of things like Titanium Mine. So worth checking yes. out there. Yes,
1: today had some great bonus content.
0: Well, uh, yeah, your your, your bonus <laughs> content is gonna be something else. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Titanium. I am at EXP Limited, and the show is at Pebble Knockdown. That's right. I keep wanting to say the old one. Do you ever find that <laughs> you just by we said it for so long? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm just like, ah, mm, wait a second. Yeah, Ad- mm, yeah. Wait, nope. That's not that's not right. Uh, <laughs> and feel free to check us out on all the podcast apps. Basically, every one that exists under the sun. We're not going to list them here. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, we're also available on Amazon Music and I think Audible now. If anyone subscribes there, please let us know for there. I think we should be because they're owned by amazon but let us know i don't use audible
0: exactly if you happen to do that and you're over there feel free to check that out uh we can add that to the very long laundry list but uh so with that being said i think that trebuchet is the next big project that we will never end up getting around to doing so yeah, probably yeah exactly. add it to the laundry list as well yeah we'll add that to the laundry list and uh but you know what the graphics for it will be amazing Crave will make something look great, but there will be no content behind it. Perfect. It's all trebuchet facade. Trebuchet all day. Trebuchet. Timothy Chalamet Trebuchet. I don't understand that reference. Timothy Trebuchet. May the trebuchets launch you firmly over the wall of the French castle. Also, your mother smells of elderberries. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Keep me dead. I, I think that would be very helpful. It would improve your personality. You'd get all the girls. You'd get the goth girls. That's
1: what Nathan said, too. Yeah. Ray said the same thing. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. <laughs>
0: Do you get to drive a hearse around? That would be it's fun. my target.
1: I don't get to drive, I'd be dead.
0: But it, it is my target, auto i think we have a
1: gothish girl that lives next door and i tried to invite one of my other goth friends over i'm like come over i need you to goth out and meet the girl next door so i have an excuse to talk to the goth girl next door she's like are you using a goth girl to attract another
0: goth girl I'm like yes she's like good idea yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're thinking we're thinking ahead here if you, if you go anywhere, you want to meet uh, like girls with dogs, you get a dog. Yeah, you get the dog to get the girls. So the dog wants to play with the other dogs. and, mm-hmm. and... It hasn't, worked. It hasn't worked for you? Because yeah. you steal the dogs? Well, you then, steal dogs? then you just get free dogs, so that's worthwhile, too. <laughs>